Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. All right, Bitch Talkers, we are excited to bring you a documentary that has been on our radar for some time, and we are so excited to finally be covering it. It's called Cat Daddies, and we're sitting down with the director, Mai Huang. Welcome to Bitch Talk. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, Mai, can you introduce our audience to Cat Daddies? Yeah, Cat Daddies is a feature documentary. Um, I started in 2019 and it follows about nine men across the country and all these men, their lives were changed by their cats, um, their love for their cats. And it's really a it's it's a movie that goes beyond about being about cats. It's really Mm -hmm. about the power of unconditional love and and it's really about being a man and what that means and you know, to me, it became a movie about, you know, what kind of men do we want to cultivate in our society, especially after all that we've been through these past few years. My so, went- so it's a layered film. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's it's a total onion. Um, I, I wanted to know, when did you come up with this concept? And then where did the title come from? So it was an idea in 2018, um, after many years of wanting to do something, having done some short films with cats that was usually like branded content. Um, really, as a cat lover, I wanted to make something that I would want to see. Um, I'm also a cinephile, so I really wanted to make something on the big screen. So I knew that we're going to shoot this in 4K, we're going to shoot this in scope. Um, it, it's going to you know, be an experience. And because I really like bringing people together, especially cat lovers. There's just nothing quite like it. And um, and so I wanted to, and I, so I wanted to make something fun, right? Entertaining, um, kind of different from what I usually make or what I'm, what I enjoy watching. And I also come from a narrative world. So documentary it was, was new to me, although I'm kind of a documentary junkie. So I like watch a lot of documentaries. Um, and so, this was going to be a light, easy project to sort of get my feet wet and see, you know, do I like this? Because I was really kind of fed up with narrative filmmaking and and just sort of the the unsustainable nature of it, um, of being someone creative, right? So um, I was going to maybe continue producing, but I wasn't going to continue trying to direct. Um, so this opportunity that I created was just came at that time in my life. And, and and I thought, you know, I know how how much work it is to make a feature because I've been involved in so many. I knew it had to be something I was really going to be passionate about, really, really be into and not get burnt out of because I know like it's it's years long process. Um, and so that's kind of what initiated it. Also, you know, I just have this weird obsession with men and cats. And it's just something that makes me happy. Like it just gives me that spark joy every time I see these images on social media of men holding like their little fuzzy creatures. And through this process, I think I learned that I think this is coming from the fact that I 
grew up with a very stern father, very unemotional men in my life. And so, um, you know, being Asian, maybe you can relate, but I had, you know, mm-hmm. typical Asian, yes, Asian dad, right? And, and so seeing a diff- yeah, yeah, seeing like the tenderness coming from men is just something rare and special. And so I think that's where a lot of that comes from. And um, yeah, so I embarked on on this crazy idea to make a movie about it. Cat Daddies was just the one, it was the title that just had the best ring to it, even though like, um, I mean, we were on the fence a little bit because I know like sometimes it has like a kinky connotation to it, but we're just mm-hmm. like, we're just like, well, as cat lovers, we're just gonna, we're just gonna take the name back. <laughs> Claim and it. And just call it Cat Daddies, yeah, and just, and just take it back so it is it is like uh yeah i just i just the movie ended up a little differently than the one i intended i really wanted something just very light fun um but then it just became something else but has mm-hmm. greater meaning for me and everybody who worked on it mm-hmm. because that's what life is life isn't always just light and fun unfortunately but i love how your simple easy project has nine main <laughs> yeah. characters you went across however many states i mean you're an overachiever my clearly uh, but who was your first cat daddy and how did you find each successive cat daddy after that well the first one we shot with was nathan the cat lady who probably has the largest following out of all of them because it's, it's very easy easy choice because he's also very um he's just a good spokesperson so I knew that, oh, he, I mean, he could probably, he could be a TV host, you know? So I knew starting out with him would be great. And he was the first one that we actually filmed with. And then Will Zweigart, who is the rescuer for Flatbush Cats, I knew very early, I'd been following him for a while. And, you know, even though his rescue work is in Brooklyn, like his videos reach all over the world. And they're so educational and moving and and I wanted to reach out to him. I thought really his videos are so good. I thought he must be a filmmaker and that was that was not the case. Um, but again, he's just so articulate, such a good storyteller. I knew that like I had to get him involved from the get go. We didn't end up, you know, shooting with him um, early. We actually he was one of the last people we, we ended up shooting with um, during the pandemic. But um, but he was the you know one of the first that I reached out to and he agreed and um, so there are just like a lot of different men I was already very familiar with and kind of imagine like you know well if this you know what's my dream cast and so I reach out to them first and then I didn't want too many of the men to be in the same city or I didn't want them to have the same occupation. I mean, they can't all be hot actors. Like we need to get, (laughs) (laughs) we need to get some people. So, you know, real people, it's a variety here. And so wherever I had a hole, I would try to fill through um, hashtags, like searching hashtags, like men with cats or cat dads and stuff. And so um, it's it took me down like this real endless rabbit hole. There's like just so many possibilities. And it really just had to come down to um, an instinct, a gut feeling, you know, who do I like, who do I want to spend all this time with? Because um, it's not just a one hour interview, like you, you're spending, you know, sometimes you're, you're coming back again, spending multiple trips with them and then um, also promoting the film and, and, and stuff. And so you really want to be with with people who are who are going to be lovely, you know, 
<laughs> and and again, like I was going after the light, easy project. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, you know, if anyone was difficult from the get go, that was pretty much a, a red flag. But um, yeah, luckily, everybody I filmed with um, made the cut. And that usually doesn't happen in documentary film, because um, a lot of times you're just interviewing everybody you can 30 40 people and only some of them will make the cut but i knew up front like i don't have the budget for that and i kind of um engineered this as a super you know micro budget project and so so i knew like i i, I gotta make sure this is someone that i'm gonna keep in the end and so a lot of it's just like it's like kind of like dating you know like you just get a feeling <laughs> like you know who who do I enjoy talking to and, and, and being around? And, and I'm very lucky that it, it worked out wonderfully. I mean, even to this day, I can say that like, I, I, I just love being around these guys. They're just so delightful to me. And, and that's really what I wanted to make and show. I think it, you know, it takes a special kind of man to be a cat guy. And so I'm usually instantly friends if a guy has a cat, you know, if he loves his cat. Um, usually we can just instantly connect and and i think oh gosh my cat is that your cat my <laughs> kittens are zooming around <laughs> i was wondering is someone moved? i was like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I fostered over the summer and so um, i had six extra kittens and then um i got them adopted out and there's two that i'm keeping (laughs) yeah so there's six cats all together in this house there's four older cats and then there's two young young ones right now and they're kind of going crazy this is this is your Mm -hmm. literal pet project no pun Mm -hmm. intended sorry (laughs) um wow here i am um Uh. So this started in 2019, you started shooting it. How did you maneuver? Because you can tell, and I appreciated you kind of not saying the pandemic's happening, but saying the pandemic's happening with the dates that you're um, putting on the screen. So can you talk about maneuvering through shooting (laughs) during a huge pandemic? Yeah. And this, you know, obviously I wasn't anticipating that. Right. (laughs) And we were scheduled to finish um, our schedule April 2020. So we were almost to the end. We had all this travel towards the end of March and and just had to cancel everything. Um, casting changed. There were men that we couldn't travel to. We actually had some international cat dads. So, so everything changed and then um, we kind of had to focus more on um, staying in America, staying in the country. Uh, and, and I, you know, in the end, you know, it worked out, but going through the process of it was pretty tough to let go of your vision, you know, and be like, oh, this ha- we have to make this something else um, was heartbreaking. I mean, I'm glad, like, I think that the film represents me better, like personally, mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah, I think that, that it was, 2020 was a difficult year of letting that go. And then also just questioning everything that you're doing. And it's a hard time to try to make a doc that was about cats. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like going through and, and you're like, well, one, like we didn't even know if we could finish the film. You know, we had uh, one character who's very immunocompromised. Yes, um, David. Yeah, and we kept thinking that we were gonna lose him during that year. Yes. 
Um, it's very stressful. And then um, on top of that, just existential questions that you, as a creative, you ask yourself, you know, like, why does this matter? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm doing matter in society mm. or anything really it's like, like it's like when you're a filmmaker it's kind of like at the time just felt like one impossible and two like how does this help us you know <laughs> going through not just the pandemic but really everything that happened that year um so that I think for every artist it was a really a really tough time because you're just like you know, does anybody care? And is this is this important at all? I started wondering, like, should I should I be, you know, should I have gone to medical school after all? And, you know, <laughs> oh you know, no, like, my no, I know, but like, have to I hear you. We all did. Yeah. Yes, still. <laughs> I was well, like, what, what am I doing? Trying to make art? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it was tough to get over. I mean, once you're on the other side of it, and you screen it with people and you see what it does to people and um then all of that changes and it's like oh okay we do need this in our lives we do mm -hmm. need entertainment or we do need things that are gonna provoke thought you know right and this this film is profound in that in that sense um one what is life about? It's about making connections, feeling comfort, feeling loved, but also the you get really deep into the, the issue of cats being associated with some sort of femininity or, you know, you're not masculine. And I think that's a really interesting conversation because I never really thought about that from a male perspective. So can you talk about um, connecting with these men and really tapping into why we're put in these boxes that are just imaginary? Yeah, I mean, you know, and I was thinking about that this entire time of of editing this film, especially in 2020, being like an election year, being a year of, and you know, like being kind of in the middle of the Me Too movement and all these things, and finally talking about toxic masculinity and all these things, and of course, like all of this is is going on in my head while while I'm making this movie about cats, which is really strange, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there is something more, yeah, there's just some feminine qualities that are attached to cats. And um, I'm hoping that with social media, I think these guys have are now breaking away, they, like they can now be proud and like unabashedly love their cats and it'd be fine. And, you know, I hope this applies to so many other things. I think men are kind of boxed in to be a certain way in order to look a certain way. And I think that there's so many men and I talked to so many of these men after the screening that they're just, they're just like, they're like, finally, you know, I feel, I feel seen. And I feel like, and some of these guys don't even have cats. They're just like happy to see something that depicts men um, in a positive light and, um, you know, that, I don't know, that like, yeah, they get made fun of. Like, I think that there's some of these men, um, yeah, it's difficult in the relationships. Oh, you know, I have a good, I have a good example. My, my own brother, I did not know was a cat guy until after he saw this film, he came to the premiere uh, in my hometown and he just came to support just like other members of my family who are not cat people. You know, they're just coming to be be supportive and they not only fell in love with the film, but my my brother, you know, then started 
like posting pictures of his cat, kind of being more open about it. And I was just like, how, you know, how's this possible? I don't know my <laughs> own brother. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just sort of like given men, it gives men permission to kind of, to just be their authentic selves and not have to wear a mask of what everybody thinks, you know, they should be. And you see that in the relationship and the friendship in the movie between David, the homeless man and the, and Chris, the cop who mm-hmm. you know, become friends and, you know, Chris, the cop is one of David's probably only guy friends. Like he has very few guy friends in the city. And, and, and so, and, and for Chris, like Chris says that, you know, he tells me that, um, you know, he, he feel it's not like a, it's not a friendship that's just a one-way friendship. He gets something out of it too. And that is that, you know, there's not many people, especially maybe around his work that Chris can talk to about his cat. And these two guys get together and, and they feel comfortable enough that they can share photos of their cats and they just, they, you see them both light up. And, and so, you know, I'm hoping that we can put a lot of these stereotypes aside and, and just, you know, let men be, you know, who they want to be. Um, and I, I just think that there's, there's some power to that and there's some power to, if they let, if you let them show like their kindness, right. And their compassion, then it'll just grow and grow. But I think there's so many things that maybe they can't feel like they can do because it doesn't feel manly enough. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's some, some kind of unexpected things, territories that it went into and, um, and uh, yeah, I just want to show, show a different side um, and just let them, let them be. I mean, I just think that um, we, we kind of need more of that in the world and mm-hmm. we need some of these guys to, you know, step up and, and like some of the guys in the movie, they're doing things to improve their community. And that's all coming out of, out of um, their compassion and their kindness. Okay. We won't tell anyone, but which cat was your favorite? <laughs> oh, that's really rude. Uh, okay, okay, top three, top three, top three. <laughs> I would say like okay, Lucky, of course, who is oh. the companion to David, who's mm. homeless. Um, just me, mm. just you can just see it in the eyes of that cat, the loyalty that he has, and the human, almost like mm-hmm. the humanity. Um. Yeah, that cat's a, it's a strong cat for me. But also, Gold Kitty, I always oh. have to say, like, <laughs> oh, yes. I, I never get tired of seeing Gold Kitty. <laughs> me neither. Yeah. Stand, stand yeah. up and pose. And to see it in real life was something special. Because, like, it's just so much anticipation. Like, oh, is she, is she going to do it? Is she doing it? <laughs> you know, and just like waiting for her to do it um and it never gets old and i've seen it like so many times in editing (laughs) but it never gets old to me it's just something um really remarkable and kind of like it's just the fun thing about cats is like they're so mysterious and there's Mm -hmm. so many things that they do that you can't explain and and that's what makes them so fun their personalities yeah i love tora the trucker cat who has a me too oh yeah she's that's a larger wardrobe than I have. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's amazing. 
Yeah, she is also one of the my favorites and also one of the easiest to work with. Um, I was going to ask you that what it was like bonding with the cats and trying to get them to do things on camera. It's really just patience and my, you know, it's a very small crew and the crew had to just really wait on them because we weren't, we didn't want to like place them be like, okay, make the cat do this or make the cat sit here. It was really just, let's just sit back and observe and let's just wait, you know? And so it's a lot of, and you know, they, of course they're divas. They don't, (laughs) they don't, and they don't take direction very well, but uh, it was just a lot of, yeah, sitting and waiting. And and I think that's also why you don't really see cats cast in movies and TV and, and stuff very often because they are, um, you know, more difficult to train. But, hey, more power to them. They, they're smarter than us. So. That's another thing for your easy film. You chose uh, the animal yeah, is probably exactly. the hardest. <laughs> I know, probably the hardest subject to film. <laughs> But I knew that if I could pull it off, I knew definitely the cat lovers would appreciate it. Cause I, as a cat person, like I just, I, I find, find it hard to find good content with cats. Um, mm-hmm. Cause if you don't, you know, a lot of these crews, they don't know how to work with them. And, you know, a lot of stuff looks forced and, you know, it doesn't have to. So that was really important to me to keep, keep them, keep everybody looking natural and comfortable. Well, thank you so much, Mai. We really enjoyed the film. It's called Cat Daddies, the documentary by Mai Wong. And um, go out, check it out and support this film. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you guys so much. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.